Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 113. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the podcast, How Are Things Going? And you know what? I so genuinely mean that because this time is so crazy tough for us all for lots of different reasons. 
So I'm going to jump straight into with today's episode because today I decided to bring back a previous guest. Now, I thought this was the first time I'd done this, but it actually turns out that Bizpool's been on twice. Although technically the second time he came on, he interviewed Paul and I for episode 100. So I think this is technically the first time I've had someone in that I've interviewed twice. So I would like to welcome back to the podcast my very beautiful, wonderful and smart friend, Mary Hyatt. Now, as you know, Mary Hyatt is my coach and has been my coach for some time. And I am very lucky that I now get to call Mary my friend and we get to spend time with her in Nashville, or we did before all this happened. And she's been over here in the in the UK to see me. And honestly, my husband and I love her and Bentley dearly. And the fact that A, she's a friend is one thing. Two, she's my coach is another. But three, she honestly is so very smart when it comes to dealing with times that are tough. And Mary has helped me through more things than I care to remember during the time that we've worked together. So there was no one better to have on to talk to you guys to help you through this time. Now, obviously, I've done a few different episodes. I did the motivation one and I did the one that was kind of the special one just to say, you know, I am acknowledging it. But today I wanted to bring Mary on because actually if anybody can help me through these tough times with some good practical advice and some gentle love, then she is the woman for the job. So that's why I've brought her on. I'm going to not go on any longer. You know who Mary is. I'm going to link up to her in the show notes. She's truly wonderful. You need to check her out. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. And I hope it brings you some comfort and some support. And please do come and tag us both in because I want Mary to see the difference she makes in not only my world, but everybody else's. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I am very excited about today's episode because although I've had this amazing lady on before, I am still super excited to bring her back to you. Welcome back to the podcast, Mary Hyatt. What, what? It was like round two, second ting, season. Ting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Do so you know happy what? to be here. What was funny was I was telling Biz Paul uh, before we recorded that I was getting you back on and I was recording an episode and I said, she's the only person who's ever been on the podcast twice. And I was like, oh no, hang on, Biz Paul, you have, because of course he came on and did an episode and then he came on and did the hundredth episode where he interviewed Paul and I. That so I was, was like, oh. such a great episode. He's great. He is honestly, this is his job. He should totally be an interviewer type presenter. Type oh yeah. Thing. And it. I also secretly want him to be my best friend. So if you could kind of just like <laughs> give him, give him the nudge that if he's that looking so for more funny. friendships. <laughs> he would literally like, honestly, you're going to think I'm making this up. But right before this, I said, listen, Mary's coming into the group to do some stuff. Do you want to come in the group? I'll let you in to, to come and see what Mary's doing. I love Mary. He said, he loves Oh, you. I just Aww. adore him. It's like it's a little so romance. Funny. I'm so glad to bring these people together. Oh, he is funny. He is funny. And he's our sense of humor. Anyway, these people are listening to this going, get on with it, people. Um, <laughs> so, so as you know, and as I've just said, I have had the lovely Mary on before, but I'm just going to get Mary to introduce herself a little bit in case you happen to miss that episode, which I will link up to the show notes. And then we will get on with today's episode. So Mary, go ahead and tell everybody who you are and why you're so wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. I am a life and mindset coach and 
uh, my favorite people to work with are high achieving entrepreneurs who are looking to find ways to bring some flow back into their hustle game. Because I think oftentimes we think we have to grind it out, work ourselves to the point of burnout and exhaustion. And that's usually at the point where my clients find me is they're going, okay, my business is taking off, but my life is in shambles or I'm just totally at the end of my rope. My relationships aren't that great. How do I get back to that place of really thriving in all areas of my life? And so that's when I come in and go, okay, let's take a look at some of this mindset stuff. Let's take a look at what is controlling the show behind the scenes and help people really get to a place of living fully alive, connected to their emotions, connected to their bodies, connected to their intuition, and really create um, just a powerful presence in their own life. And I have a um, podcast that comes out every week where we get into a lot of this mindset work. And I also offer guided meditations to help people just create a new sense of awareness and consciousness that just aids in this ability to live fully live present for your life. So kind of a few little different hats, but all around consciousness and mindset. Perfect. So what was interesting is when I started working with Mary, I knew I needed something. I didn't know what it was. And even when Mary's like, yeah, I can do this. I can help. I still didn't actually know what or where or how I didn't, I didn't get the details. And, and, and the funny thing is now I look back and think I didn't have to get the details. I didn't need to know those things. And the stuff you taught me and the stuff that we worked through and looked at and the way you made me think, which was probably the biggest change in everything, um, has a changed and affected everything going forward. And the reason I wanted Mary on today's podcast and why I was so keen to hurry up and do this as quickly as possible is because since, and we're recording this at the time, I've been on lockdown for like two weeks, I think. I'm in my second week. You've been on lockdown for about two weeks as well, haven't you? Yeah. Because of the coronavirus and everything that's going on with that. And what's interesting is like, I have been like fine. I've been happy and fairly calm and relaxed about it all. And the only thing I can put it down to is all this work I've done with Mary, all this Mm. self-development work, all these tools she's given me, all these kind of strategies that I've got. So I wanted Mary to come on and talk about some of the things that, why we're being affected if we are being affected, and then some of the cool tools and some of the strategies that you can do and you can try in order to help you manage the situation. So let's start by talking about the fact of this situation and some of the impact that you have seen that it's had on people in both personal and business? Yeah, it really is such a heavy topic because what I've noticed is people that are showing up personally are having a real mental crisis, Mm. emotional crisis. I think that, yes, we have the threat of the virus and there's that part of it that's going on, but there is this energy in the air and it's palpable. Like you can feel it. And I've had a lot of people, I think Teresa, we've even talked about this of nothing's really changed for us. I mean, we work from home. Mm. We're kind of used to doing zoom and things online. And so it's not a big learning curve for us. However, that there is this exhaustion that is Mm. present. Like I feel more tired than I typically do. I feel like my bandwidth isn't quite what it normally is. I'm Mm. needing to sleep more often. I am having uh, emotions show up that 
feel like they're coming out of nowhere. And yet it's like, oh my gosh, if you look at what's happening, it makes total sense. But there is a collective energy. And I think Mm -hmm. that what's important to understand about right now is that we're experiencing something collectively. And all of us have a energy about us. So like we kind of you think about back in the days when we got to see each other in person. <laughs> um, remember these days? You know, when it was like, yeah, remember wow. those days when you like hugged somebody? <laughs> oh my God, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they're like, everybody has a frequency to them. So for example, if you walk into a room and you're talking to somebody and you're like, oh, the vibe's off in here. Mm. Or that's like a wonky, weird vibe. The energy's off in here. You know, these are things that we say. And different environments kind of have different energy. So if you walk into a corporate office, there's a different energy. If you walk into a coffee shop, there's a different kind of energy there or a restaurant. If you walked into a funeral versus a wedding, there's different energy. But what's happening right now is collectively the entire world is vibrating with one frequency. And if you're sensitive at all, if you're an empath, if you're somebody who kind of just notices that it's almost like our batteries are being drained. Mm. And there's this collective energy of fear, of panic, of desperation. I think mm. that that there's varying, varying forms of that or degrees of that. Mm-hmm. And I think even grief is a big one that I feel like is showing up right now, loneliness. But there is a collective energy that whether we are practicing some kind of mindfulness or consciousness kind of practice, I think the average Joe can feel something's off here. Something yeah. is is exhausting right now. So we are experiencing, my clients, my family, myself, a, a drain mm-hmm. on our batteries, our mental and emotional batteries that no matter where we are in our station of life, I think everybody can agree that's happening. Yeah, yeah. And isn't it like, um, so sometimes I get this like pit in this thing in my stomach that's like something's off. And you yeah. know, like when something awful happens and that awful feeling, and then you'll wake up and you remember it and it's back there and you're like, oh, it's almost like a very mild version of that where you're like, oh, something's not quite, quite right here. And I, you know, and I, and I don't, I don't really know what it is, although you do, but you know what I mean? It's like, why would right. that affect me like that? It's weird, isn't it? Well, and I think that, I mean, everybody listening we're, we are functioning adults. You know, it's like we have our own businesses, we pay our bills, we make sure that we eat. We have a a pretty great life in the sense of our needs are met and things like that. So to be shaken, to have something affect us in a certain way, it's kind of like, this is not my norm. I'm typically able to like handle myself and get through the day. And this is, we were joking on our Instagram, unprecedented. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that uses that yeah. word is so overused. But it is. I mean, none of us have been through this. And what it's kicking up for everyone is our old habituated stress response or trauma response. And when I, when I say old and habituated, what I mean by that is that every single one of us has been through things that are challenging, things that are hard. We have gone through traumatic situations, and that could be a little T trauma or a big T trauma, meaning something that we might not even categorize as trauma, like something from childhood that we interpreted as traumatic or that was um, hard emotionally for ourselves. And then some of us have actually been through the big T kind of really big losses, really traumatic events, abuse or loss or death or something like that. 
And we have a way that we have sort of on autopilot handled these situations. It's like rehearsed. It is a pattern. It is historical. And a lot of times for us, when we, when we experience something like what we're doing now, we're going to go into that autopilot stress response, trauma response. And that can show up in a bunch of different ways. It can show up like control. I'm going to go into hyper control. I'm going to make sure that I consume all the news. I'm, I know exactly what's happening. I know what's coming. That's sort of, sort of um, hyper alert state of obsessive thinking. That's one way that, that we respond to stress. Another way would be denial. This is not happening. Um, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at any news. I'm going to go about business as normal and totally be in denial. It could look like specific coping mechanisms. So overeating, over drinking. And it's really interesting to see like some of the stuff that's coming out even as a joke or even as like memes about mm -hmm. the drinking, you know, and it's like, oh, well, there's, there's a coping mechanism of drinking. It could look like, um, there's a lot of conversation around getting in shape <laughs> right yeah. now. I'm going to use this time to get in shape. That's a coping mechanism, right? Having control in our bodies. Yeah. It could be binge watching Netflix. There's all different ways that we try to disassociate, distract ourselves from the intensity, from the pain that's showing up. And so we use something secondary that kind of numbs out the fear, numbs out the anxiety, or we go into a hyper emotional response, which is like total hysteria, panic yeah. attacks, anxiety attacks, um, difficulty sleeping. We could go into depression. And so these are just a couple ways that we have a habituated old past trauma or stress response. And I think Teresa, what you were mentioning was you were picking up on that in the body, like you were feeling mm. that pit in the stomach. And yeah. for those of us who are body aware, then oftentimes we'll feel that tightness in our chest, tightness in mm. our shoulders. And these are all ways that our body is responding, habitually responding to this heightened place of stress. And what's interesting as well is, so one, as you're going through the different ways to, to respond to this, I can see the different responses in different people. So, yeah. uh, you know, my husband, Paul, really well. And Paul is going into fact, information, news overdrive. So he wants to watch the news. He watches the updates. He reads the things. He's getting all the reports. So he wants to know it all. I'm going into the kind of, I do want to know, but I don't want to get involved. So it's like, I will keep myself relatively informed and then I just shut the door on it and I carry on and do what I'm doing. But also I have the default of, I want to get in bed and drink a bottle of wine right now. And I'll just, just wake me up when all this is done. Cause I don't want to have to deal with it, which yeah. see that that's the most fascinating bit to me. And we were chatting very briefly and then we stopped because we wanted to talk about this on here was, uh, I was, I spoke to the group, to the Academy and I said, how's everybody doing about a week ago? And there was a, a generic kind of conversation going on about the people that work from home, the likes of me and you and a few of the Academy members where technically nothing has changed. And actually for me in my world, I didn't lose many Academy members. I have lost a couple because obviously their business has been affected. There's a, a client on the agency side that had to stop because it was an event, but from a kind of income and a business point of view and a amount of work I have to do point of view, that hasn't really changed either. So technically 
I should be doing exactly what I'm doing every single day. And yet we all agreed to a greater or lesser extent that for some reason we don't want to do it or the motivation's not there or we're just, our head is not in the right mindset. And even though I can tell myself, and this has come from all the work I've done with you, I can only control what I can control. I can only control my own mood. I can't affect the virus. I can't affect the news. I can't affect social media. So focus fully in on what I can control. There's still that thing that, God, any excuse just to go and like, let's start and have a gin and tonic at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's weird. What, what do you think that is? Why is that affecting us? I think it goes back to the battery analogy. Of, mm-hmm. of really draining our batteries and the collective energy because we're processing so much more information, especially if you're in a service-based industry where you are dealing with clients and customers who are all going through the same thing. You're having to hear this, the challenges and the struggles of what people are going through all day, every day. It's like every time I get on a coaching call, for example, people are talking about it. Yeah. If you are outside, if you like, like here, we're going on a lot of walks in nature everybody's talking about it. You turn your, your computer on, you turn your phone on, it's everywhere. And so you're getting inundated with this energy suck. And I think that just that alone, it's like, have you ever had that moment where let's say you're in a really toxic relationship, okay? And it's taking up so much of your bandwidth, so much of your energy to think about this person, how they're treating you, what they're doing, um, how dare they, every conversation you have with your girlfriends or other people, you're gossiping about this relationship and then you find yourself in the future and that relationship is over. It's done with, you've moved on and you go, Oh my God, I have so much free time. Oh my God, I have so much space and energy to put towards a creative project or I can't believe the surge of energy I have now that I'm Mm. outside of that toxic relationship. We're in a toxic relationship right now. You know, like we're in the midst of kind of, this is all we're doing and talking about. And so I think First, what comes to my mind is offering ourselves grace and sort of not expecting ourselves to maybe do as much as we typically would be able to do when everything else is kind of in a relatively balanced state. We've just been like, you know, had the car crash and we're still in triage. We're still trying to figure out what the hell's going on and to expect ourselves to operate as a fully functioning person right now, to me, is just unrealistic. It's just... Mm. Even if you are doing work in business as normal and that hasn't changed for you, again, the collective, we can't underestimate the collective that's happening and that energy stuff that's happening. I think that's what's going on. Yeah. And I think when I think about, so my sister works for the NHS, the National Health Service here in the UK. And although she's not a direct nurse, doctor, her job is uh, very much dealing. And, and in fact, at the moment, what it's doing is it's uh, she's part of the training department, the training that are training all the new people coming in because we're taking all these volunteers. And she's almost in, you know, the whole like fight or flight thing, or when you're in some kind of situation that you just go for it and you're just like, boo, 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 like in yeah. it all the time. That's where she is right now because totally. her job and all those key people who are out there in the world doing a key job to do with this their head is down they're focused they're just getting on with it because they know they've got a job to do which is why I guess it feels even odder for the likes of us who can carry on and do our job but our job isn't technically anything to do with this crisis I mean obviously it's impacted everybody in every way but it's not like I'm saving lives or you know doing whatever 
that we feel a bit weird about it because it's like we haven't got that kind of head down let's get going because I've got to do this because I've got to help save lives you know it's just a case of like uh yeah I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing and well I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I just did a live on this yesterday about the idea of comparative suffering Mm. So this would be like the equivalent of like having survivor's guilt, you know, but comparative suffering means you look at what you're going through and you start adding shame and judgment to your process. And you say, why shouldn't be complaining? I'm not on the front lines Yeah. or I don't have coronavirus. I'm not having to deal with that. I should be grateful for the fact that I'm even alive Mm. or who, who, who am I to sit here and wish that things were different when not that much has changed or gosh, I should be more grateful. And we are trying to deny the fact that we're feeling scared or anxious or tired or that we just don't have as much energy that we typically have. But what we're doing is we are looking at the way everybody else is responding or kind of like with your sister, you're looking at these people who are, who truly are having a survival trauma response. Like Mm. again, the fight, flight, or freeze, that part of our brain is when we go into fight, it's survival. It is, Mm. I have to show up in reactivity and lean in and do that. I mean, that's the job of a first responder. Mm. And What's amazing and interesting about this is that it doesn't help anyone else or ourselves to be in comparative suffering. So Mm. it's kind of like, I don't know if your mom or dad ever said this to you, Teresa, growing up, but it was like when you would eat dinner, my mom, she'd always say, make sure that you clean your plate, eat all of your food because there's children starving in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that we were part of the uh, clean plate club. Yeah. And what's so interesting about that is me finishing or leaving food on my plate does not not. directly affect those children who are starving in Africa. It has literally no bearing on them at all. It's not like it's going to be flown to them or... Right. It's such... And it's so funny thinking about that now as an adult going, of course, but it's weird that that was, that totally was a thing. Yeah. And that was, and that was bred out of the depression era. And having this idea of, you know, not having enough and making sure that you always had enough. That was a direct trauma response. And so it's interesting though, now it's the same kind of thing. Like if we try to hoard our love, our empathy and say, it's only reserved for the people on the front lines, you know, I don't really have any compassion or empathy if you're kind of, you know, still able to pay your bills or you still are healthy or you still have everything intact. No, I I can't give you that empathy. When we're trying to relegate and create almost like a hierarchy of suffering, like 10 is you're on the front lines and or you have corona, mm-hmm. one is, you know, you have everything almost exactly the same. It's almost like creating this hierarchy and then deciding how you dole out compassion. Well, this person qualifies and checks all the boxes and can get yeah. uh, compassion and empathy and grace and love. This person, they're flushed in the stock market. They still got, you know, checks coming in. They don't get any empathy. It's like, wait a minute. The yeah. truth is we all get to go through this. We all get to feel how we feel moving through this. And that can be overwhelm exhaustion, anxiety, anger, grief, no matter what your external circumstances are, everybody to me has access to the same unconditional love and empathy and grace. And we have to extend that to ourselves 
so that we can like generously dole that out to others. Do you know what? That, like, I feel like I've been very, or tried to be really open about everyone's own opinions and how they're dealing with it and whatever. But that is such a powerful thing that you just said there, because like you said, people are sat there going, and I have done it and I'm going to hold my hands up and go, I looked at say my, my, my parents, even, you know, they're retired. They don't go out very often. They're pretty much stay in the house all the time. And in your head, you're like, what are they moaning about? Nothing's changed for them. To be fair, right. they, they like to moan all the time, but, <laughs> you know, in your head, you are thinking that. And then you're thinking, oh, I feel sorry for so-and-so because that's their job. And, you know, normally they do this and now life has really been affected. But actually, you know, you're so right. Everyone is entitled to deal with it how they want to deal with it and feel what they need to feel. So I think having that grace for us in the sense of I'm allowed to feel like that, but also the grace of other people and go, you're allowed to to deal with that. How you need to deal with it is amazing. Exactly. And then we can only extend to others what we are giving to ourselves. So if we are judging others, you can take that all the way back to yourself and realize I'm judging myself and it's hard on social media. Like I, I'm sure that you've noticed this trend, but it's like there are the entrepreneurs who are saying, use this time, you know, write your book, yeah. create your course, do these amazing things right now. And then you have some of the other people in the other camp, which would be more of the spiritual um, camp that would say like, use this time to rest and to replenish and to slow down and to become more conscious. And I think anytime somebody says, do this or don't do this, make sure that you approach it in this way. You know, there's been a lot of, it's interesting. There's a lot of shame going on. Like I saw this meme the other day that said something about if you don't come out of this, you know, having written your next book, then you only have yourself to blame. And I just thought, Ooh, you know, so much shame in that. And I just thought we, we have a lot of pressure to make sure that we go through this time the right way that we utilize this time the right way. And if we don't, then somehow we were either lazy Mm. or we were hustling too much. You know, it's like, we're, we're either on either side of that coin, you're somebody else is at fault. The way that Mm. entrepreneurs go through it, who are trying to crush it, people who are trying to slow down, either camp is going to be at fault. Mm. And so that's why I think slowing down to check in with yourself. And this is going to be an individual type of journey. And asking your personal self, what is it that I want for this time? If I could go through this that in a way that was intentional, in a way that was mindful and conscious, uh, divorced from expectations of what people think I should be doing right now, or the expectations that maybe I'm, I'm hearing in the back of my mind from my parents or from an old mentor or from my peers how do I want to choose to walk through this? Do I feel like I do need some rest and to disconnect and to give myself permission to shut off for a little bit uh, or take a nap or end my day at 3 p.m. instead of 5 p.m.? What do I need? Or do I feel like, you know what? The truth is I do have a little bit of reserve of energy and this is actually exciting that I get to pour into a creative project or to do some organizing that I haven't done until now that this is an opportunity for that. But taking away the judgment piece of this, that there's not any right way to go through this, but checking in with self and and recognizing I get to choose how I move through this in a way that honors my heart, my purpose in this life, Mm -hmm. my body, 
needs rest. Like when we really like honor what is showing up for us now and making our decisions from that place versus trying to measure it against how everybody's saying that we should go through this time. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I love working with you because you say stuff and I'm like, oh, she's Mary. Like you're so... <laughs> wise and right not that there's a right or wrong way but it's just that you know the stuff you say that makes me think and thinks yeah because I and I'm thinking back of all the times I've talked about this already and I think I've been okay but like I'm trying to use this time for good I'm trying to and I've been encouraging people and like I said I'm trying to think now I hope I've been saying it the right way but encouraging hopefully is the right word to say listen this is a good time if you do have the energy and you do have the inclination this is a great time if you can't do your daily business thing that you normally do then all these other things that you don't have time for and I've had a conversation with someone just today who's starting a podcast because now they've got the time you know I've been trying to encourage people to use this time for good and for an effect but like you said maybe I hadn't thought that maybe that their headspace just isn't in it you know, the first thing that Paul did, which this will not surprise you, uh, the minute he got wind that maybe it was locking down, he went and bought paint and he bought rollers and he bought stuff because all he could think was, if I'm in the house for this length of time, think of all the jobs I can get done. And you know what's interesting? Guess, yes. And we had this conversation last night and I thought he needs to talk to Mary. He hasn't done a thing yet and he is beating himself up and yes. he doesn't understand why and I don't think I understood why until we've just had this conversation that because he is so engineering military black white you know so he, I think he isn't quite understanding why he hasn't had the motivation to do it because every weekend because he is working from home so it's not in the week but every weekend he's like right I'm going to do it this weekend and he gets to Saturday he's like I don't want to do it and then he's mm-hmm. all like why aren't I doing it what's wrong with me yeah and isn't that amazing? Because that's the judgment and the shame. It, yeah. it needs to be different than what it is. I should be in a different place than I am. Mm. That is shame, right? That comes in and, and is saying, and, um, you know, Bentley, my boyfriend has felt the same way. Like, mm. gosh, I should be doing X, Y, Z. I should be working on my men's styling business. I should be doing all this stuff. And yeah. I literally want to just sleep. Yeah. And so I've just said to him, I've been saying this to my clients, then just sleep. Because the reality is you're not going to sleep forever. It's no. not like you're going to like be comatose for the next three, four weeks. Mm. But there is something internally that's saying, take a break. Yeah, and yeah. I even said that to myself yesterday because I realized one of the things that you and I have been working on is getting a membership site up and yeah. running for myself. Yeah. And I was putting so much pressure on myself. And it wasn't until yesterday that I had the revelation um, I haven't been doing hardly anything with it. And I, I kind of had a surge of energy and I did some stuff and then I, mm. then I haven't been working on it for about a week. And I said to myself, oh, the reality is I'm doing my normal day-to-day work. So every day I'm having coaching clients and my, doing my podcast and whatever else. And then I'm expecting myself to be able to do even more. Like mm. now let's tack on a new project, more creativity, things that I are, require a large learning curve for myself and I was having so much judgment, like, what's wrong with me? Why don't, why can't I do this? This doesn't feel like it's that much. And it's like, oh, because I'm doing what I'm normally doing and then expecting myself to have a reserve of energy mm. to do even more and be quote unquote productive during this time. And I'm like, okay, the truth is I think I need to take two days off and I'm going to do that next week. I actually, cause I've been doing a lot of like 
um, kind of projects on the weekend as well. Yeah. I was like, I just want to sleep, you know, like I just need a break. And I know that for myself taking two days off, it doesn't mean I'm going to totally abort this project or not no. do it, but it might mean that my deadline gets pushed out a little bit. It might mean that this is going to happen later than I thought, but that's where we bring in this extra gentleness and compassion and just go, it's okay. It's okay that you don't have the energy or the reserve and that it doesn't even make sense. Just honor the fact that you don't have it and sort of like the resistance of what is even creates more of the suffering or more of the exhaustion. Mm -hmm. It's like, just like, let's be honest for a second and just admit, no, I'm freaking tired. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you don't even need an answer to it. You don't even need to go, but why? Because again, we've had this conversation, like we've been sleeping more than we've ever slept. We've had more good quality sleep and we're waking up exhausted. And we're like, what is wrong with us? Like, you know, we're we're literally going, what time did we fall asleep? And we're counting up on our fingers, how many hours we've had. And And it's really odd. But like you said, you just need to go, well, that's what I need right now. So Okay, so a question about the work side, because one thing that's come up before we get into a few tools and conscious of our time, but one thing that's come up a lot in the academy and in my own head is the selling right now. Okay, now I am not keen, this is just my personal opinion, I'm not keen on people using the situation and exploiting that situation so I received an email the other day where someone actually wrote the words pandemic offer and I was like holy moly man gag yeah that did not sit nice for me I didn't say or do anything it just I just thought that would not be my bag thanks very much however on the other side of the coin uh not saying I would go out with something like that but uh by the time this episode comes out we would have already done it but I'm doing a webinar on helping people how to take their business online because I've identified that what I talk about and what I do every single day is actually a tool that people really need now. And initially I was like, how can I help people? What can I do? So I put together this webinar and it took a lot of conversations in my own head to go, do you know what? It's absolutely fine for me to give a free hour and People who've seen my stuff and have done my stuff before know I cram it in. I don't hold back. You get good stuff. This is not a waste of anybody's hour. But then at the end, I am going to offer the Academy and I am going to offer my 90-day program. And even saying that out loud still makes me feel a little bit like, ooh, that feels awkward. But mm. and and I and is it? Am I? You know, I just I was gonna get... say we'll talk about this on our on our next <laughs> No, I'm so glad you're bringing, (laughs) I'm so glad you're bringing this up because to me during this time, selling is incredibly important. I mean, I think that we can all agree that one of the things that we're feeling stress about is not just this virus, but is the economic impact that this is having on small businesses and service industry and all of that. Right. I mean, it's, it's, there's some real real Mm. (laughs) implications that are happening. So to me, and I would say that this is something that I've been learning from my dad. I know you've listened to him as well. And he has been talking about the smartest thing that we can do to ensure that five months from now, six months from now, a year from now, we are still able to pay our bills and be able to provide for our families is if we continue to bring in income as best we can right now to have products and offerings that we can sell. 
And so the way that I gut check this is I'm looking at if I were to sell from a place of integrity, mm-hmm. from a place of authenticity, what could I bring to the table right now? Because I think for most of us, we have something that really could help someone else. I just yeah. heard a stat that said um, in December, Zoom had 10 million users and today they have a hundred million users, Jeez. 10 million to a hundred million users. Wow. Okay. Wow. So there, what we don't realize is for most of us who are entrepreneurs, we have had to figure out how to get our services and our products online and offer our services online. Mm-hmm. And we've done that already. You know, we've yeah. been through the learning curve of the awkwardness of figuring out how to do Facebook ads how to create a course, how to get that Mm -hmm. up, how to sell email, all that stuff, everything that you teach. Mm. We have learned that. And for most people, they don't have any freaking clue how to do that. So if you think about all of the people that are having to pivot right now and change what they're offering, what they're giving, changing from a brick and mortar to a virtual offering, there are a million different things and steps in that process that people don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. And something that you have, for example, that you take as a complete, like, of course, everybody knows how to do this. People don't know it. Mm -hmm. People don't know. And so for me, like one of the things that I've shifted in my business is that I have started to offer a three month coaching package, which I typically only do a six month or a year package. It's all paid up front. And I have changed to do um, a sort of coaching in crisis, three months package that is helping people navigate emotionally and mentally and through their business the next three months. Mm. That is sort of a short term kind of package that has a payment plan option with it. And because I'm going, I have amazing things that I could offer people to help them shift and pivot and like stay emotionally and mentally healthy right now. So that's something that I've done, but that was from a place of how can I meet a need that is there? What value can I bring to the table? That's kind of different than what I maybe typically offer, but I take for granted that is really valuable right now. So I think for everybody, there is something like, for example, if you're a photographer and you're used to offering your products one-to-one and you're doing portrait sessions or you're doing family sessions, something that people need right now is to learn how to take high quality selfies from their phone. Because they aren't going to hire a yeah, no one's going photographer. To a photographer, exactly. Right. So you could offer something that gave people, you know, paid option for ten steps on how to to learn how to take a, a selfie with an iPhone and a tripod, and that's it. That mm. looks like a high professional, you know, lifestyle photo. So things like that, like changing the way you're thinking it, but still showing up in service. And yeah. we talked about this on the last conversation that we had, Teresa. Mm. That idea of the relationships, the idea of the one to one connecting with people in a more personal level right now, I think would be one of the wisest things that you could do. Yeah. And, but absolutely show up and sell and charge. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is when I talk and when we've talked about what you do, I can sit here with a hundred percent confidence and go, you can make a big difference. And therefore, yes, you should go out and sell what you do because you have some tools and tactics and things that could honestly change someone from sitting there thinking my world's about to end. Cause when you get yourself into that state, that literally is kind of the level you get to, to, right, let's put some things in place. Let's talk this through. Let's do all this and actually get them coming out of this, the other end feeling 
way better and in a way better position than now. But it's just weird when it, you talk about your own stuff that you're like, and, and this is the silly thing. This is what I do. I know how to help people with this. I know how to turn and I've got all these ideas. I've spoken to certain friends. I'm like, do this now. You need to do this because you can't do your job. And they're like, yeah, and they've done it and it's been brilliant. And it's like, so I know I can offer some good value. And the funny thing is, and and, uh, Mary has just done a live into the academy because one of the things I'm trying to do is I'm trying to serve those people better. I'm trying to the people who do pay me, who are part of my community in the academy, I'm now, and this is where I guess my free stuff is coming from. I'm looking at ways that I can add value to them and give them more and support them more rather than necessarily, because I have seen it. I've seen lots of people go out and go, oh, here you go. Here's my stuff for free now. And it's like, like you said, that's no good. That's no good to me because if I can't run my business, I'm not going to be around in three months, you know, so it's no good me just going, here's my free stuff because that's what you're having now because I'll soon no longer be around, you know, right. and it's and it's no good to anybody else because they're coming to me to get help because they want to continue paying, they want to continue being paid for their thing. They want to continue yeah. making money. So surely, hopefully well, like, people realize that's the world. Yeah. And I had a client, a uh, potential client of mine that I was talking in a discovery call with yesterday. And she said, you know, I don't know if I can pay your fees and I'm nervous, you know, to, to pay this in this time right now. And I said, if I can't get you to recoup what you invest in coaching in, in the six months package that she was looking at, I have no business being a coach, Yeah, you know? And it's like, my job is to help people continue to make money. Mm. And by investing in coaching with me or like somebody investing in the academy with you mm-hmm. or doing your one-on-ones with you, the whole reason we have jobs is so that we make people's businesses thrive. And I think everybody listening has an element of that, whether it is a coaching, a service, a customer package, a course, there's something that is going to help somebody thrive right now. Mm-hmm. And to really have a moment of, of valuing yourself, valuing what you're bringing to the table and recognizing, you know what? This is something normal for me, but the truth is somebody somewhere is praying for the information that I have to offer. Yeah. Like really like praying, going, I I could just know what to do on X, Y, Z thing. And, you know, or, I mean, it it doesn't even have to be something that's like super life-changing. I mean, I know so many people right now that they're so freaking bored at home. They're looking to learn new languages. They're looking to learn how to start a new hobby and they don't want to sit at a computer for hours and hours and figure out how to do it. And if they could get a quick course on, you know, how to learn photography or do pottery at home or painting. I mean, again, I, I don't want to make it sound like it has to be something that is like from a heart place, like it's changing your life, your business regardless is needed. Yeah. And do you know what? I just want to say, because I've never said it ever, I don't think. I talk about the work we've done and the differences made to me personally and in my own head and with my own anxiety and my relationships. But what I do need to tell people is the money I spent on you, I recouped in the first second month of us working together because there was two clients that I was working for or I was I was working with and both of them we had done way too much work for and I remember coming to Mary going 
you know, I, I think I should try and charge them more, but I'm, and that was not in my thing. Like I had no confidence to do that at all at that time. And Mary taught me through it and we talked it out and I sent them both those emails and they both came back with ease and went, of course, Teresa, because we'd done it in a right way and I'd got it, but it was my, it was my fear that I wouldn't have done it. And yep. the money that I got off both those clients for work I'd already done paid for you. So I've never yes. said that before, but seriously, you know, it's, and it's so cool. The life changing stuff is amazing, but from financial point of view, and like you said, you know, I always used to think about when I had agency clients, I used to say to them, how many of your thing would you have to sell to pay for me? Because if yep. I can't help you sell that, then like you said, why am I in a job? Okay. Yep, exactly. So really conscious of time. You've been so generous to me today. So there's a couple of tools that I can think of off the top of my head that have really helped me that I will, I want to sort of bring up to you to, to talk on. And then anything else that you can think of on top of that, give me a shout. Okay. So the first thing that I think I've just already said at the beginning is the fact of you taught me, because when we first got started working together, I lost a big client and I was panicking. Like I haven't got the money. Where's this money going to come from? And one thing that you said to me, which has forever stuck with me and helped me under so many different situations. And in fact, I said it just today to Mr. Paul earlier on, because one thing you said to me is, what if we're exactly where we're right, meant to be right now? What if this mm. is exactly what's meant to be happening for a reason? You can't see it yet, but what if it is? And that for me, and that in this situation feels like, amen. Uh, isn't it such a powerful shift of how to see something like that question. I like kind of open questions like that. Like what if yeah. this were the exact place that you were meant to be? Or another way of asking that question is what does this make possible? Mm. That's a and, great one for now. Yeah. It's like, let, we can all agree that there's a lot of this that is hard, that is mm. awkward, that is, that is, that just plain sucks. Yeah, And I don't mean to diminish that because I think that that's very real. And I want to just acknowledge that this is really challenging. Mm. And it's like, it makes me think about Viktor Frankl's book, um, Man in Search of Meaning. Is that the right, is that the title I'm thinking? And um, yeah, so so it's written from the concentration camps. Yes, I and, yeah. and it's amazing because it is about finding meaning finding purpose, finding those golden nuggets in the midst of the poop. You know, mm, it's like, yeah. it's like the, um, a friend of mine, she would say the shit with the champagne, yeah, you yeah. know? And it's like, we're being served a shit sandwich. Mm-hmm. And also where is that thread of blessing? Where is the sort of right place, right time? What is available? If I could change the meaning. And I think that that our personal power is in the meaning that we give our circumstances, because mm-hmm. the truth is, like you mentioned earlier, there are things we cannot change or control. Yeah. The thing that we can change and the thing that we can control is our mind, our thoughts, our beliefs, how we're interpreting what's happening. That is mm-hmm. where we find our personal power. That is where we get back that sense of, okay, I can get through this. And so how we interpret this, and that just means the meaning that we're giving something. Because I can look at something, since it's really interesting. You look at the same situation that's happening to literally everyone in the world. Mm. And there are a million different ways that we're interpreting what's happening. 
And where I gain strength and courage and the ability to show up in adversity is how I am training my mind to think about what's happening, Mm -hmm. how I am disciplining my mind to interpret this in a way that is life-giving versus taking away my power, feeling like a victim. And so when I am thinking about this current situation, I want to think, what does this make possible? And that isn't sugarcoating it. And that is not putting a positive psychology spin on it and going, everything is rainbow and unicorns. It's Mm -hmm. going, where can I find the blessing amidst everything? How can I interpret what's happening? What is the meaning I'm giving this? What does this mean? And choosing something that feels empowering. Yeah. And I, and again, I love the fact that you're not just sat there going, we're trying to make this all sweetness and light because it's not. And we know that. But it is going, okay, so, you know, looking for those good bits. So what is good about this? And that kind of comes to my next point that you've done a lot of work with me around is, is the grateful stuff. And I know that actually this isn't a throwaway thing. We should be more grateful, like you said at the beginning. This is definitely a, and Paul and I talk about this all the time because when Mary says thank you, she says it about five times. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so we love that. And that's something that sat with me this whole time, that being genuinely and absolutely wholeheartedly grateful for things. And right now I've got teenage son in the next room who is going to be 17 in a couple of days time and he wants to start his driving lessons. And this sucks, right? Yeah. And it, it does suck. He's 17. He doesn't want to stuck in the house. But I have to sit here and I have to have conversations with him and Paul and myself. Because that's the other thing. I don't want anybody sat there thinking, Mary and I are sat here on a higher level going, how easy is this stuff? <laughs> because No, yeah, right. It, it isn't. And I've been doing it nowhere near as long as Mary. And she will happily say that you are still, this is a practice. This isn't a yes. switch done. I'm awesome at this now. But I'm having to constantly go, do you know what? We are lucky. We have a nice house. So we're sat in a nice environment. I'm getting to cook. Honestly, Mary, you should see the food I'm cooking. It's the bomb. Like, (laughs) we are going to come out of this two times bigger than we are now. But, you know, we're getting nice meals. The weather's not too bad. We get to go in our garden. We get to go for a walk. We get to watch TV and Netflix and Disney Plus. And we get to FaceTime. And And I'm trying to remind myself and all the others that actually there is lots to be grateful for. I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes, but there is. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting at my birthday party. This was, I don't know, five years ago. I was with my girlfriends and I asked everybody, it was me and three of my girlfriends. We were all collectively going through divorces at the same time. Mm -hmm. And everybody was just complaining about their life, where they were, lack of relationships. Everything just was just, it just sucked. Yeah. And I said, being me, I said, you know what? It's my birthday. And I would actually like to go around and share what we're grateful for. What can we look and find that we can be grateful for? And I, and I just said, you know, I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful that I have a bed, that I have air that I can breathe, that I have clean water. And my friend, Lindsley, um, who, if you listen to the podcast with me, she, she's a co-host on the podcast and she's hysterical. And she was like, I didn't come to this earth to be thankful for my bed. <laughs> she was like, that's not enough. <laughs> so funny. And she was just having like an adult temper tantrum, that is you know, brilliant. That and is she was brilliant. like, you know, I hear what you're saying, but F you, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And it was so great. And I thought, I love that because we really do can have those like temper tantrum moments of being like, I want more. And yet 
we are sleeping in a bed. We do yeah. have clean water. And it can be as simple as that. Sometimes that's frustrating, you know, and yet shifting the focus on what we have, it multiplies it. We start seeing things that we were just completely unaware of before now. Um, and that's a beautiful practice. And, and it is, I'm glad that you said it's a practice because it is yeah. something you have to practice at and you have to attune your eyes to see um, and shift your focus to see things. What am I grateful for today? And that's a beautiful practice to be practicing right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the last one I've got, which really helps me, and you'll know it is because you tell me this all the time, and it's got a bit of a joke again in my house, is to journal things out. I'll journal all that out. Because yeah. again, <laughs> it's like in hand with that, I'm going to say uh, you saying to come from love. Because one thing, and I talked about this on a podcast episode that will be out before this one, one thing that I do when I when I journal it out, I journal out the angry stuff, right? So if anybody ever got hold of my journals and saw like what I put in, in there, they would be like, what yes. mean? But, you know, I journal out the angry stuff and then I go, and what would happen if I came from love? How would I react to this? How would I feel about this? And oh my God, that shift is huge. And and you, when we came over to um, Nashville, we did a lot of work around this it, we didn't come over just so we could pick Mary's brains, uh, but we got talking about something. And again, it was like, gosh, that's so interesting to write it down is one thing, but then to also flip it. And once you've done the angry stuff, you seem I am able to then write the nice stuff because <laughs> I've got yeah. the angry stuff out of my system. And then I can go, what if? And then do you know what? At the end of that, I go, no, oh, you're a jerk, Teresa. <laughs> like with no judgment, but like, yeah, you probably right. shouldn't behave like that. And let's, let's think of a new way to behave. So <sighs> It's so good to get that out. It's like the the verbal diarrhea, you mm. know, it's kind of the the journaling process of just like, bleh, you know, get it out, <laughs> get out all the angst, get out all the frustration, the resentment, the anger, all the things that we feel, feel like we can't socially, socially feel or express, mm. get it out on paper. And you know what? You can throw that paper away. You can burn it, which I know a lot of writing coaches suggest this sort of like stream of consciousness and then burn it afterwards. But I think, that second part of it is so powerful. Mm. What would love do? What would love say? If I came from love, what would that look like? Mm. And when you attune to the vibration, the highest vibration of love, unconditional love, Mm. it makes you see things in a totally different way. It makes you say things in a totally different way. It gives you deeper empathy for the people who might be driving you crazy in your life. You start seeing things in a new way and just having the invitation for your brain to see something in a new light, a different perspective, new understanding, mm-hmm. new awareness, you're going to see things, you're going to have breakthroughs and ahas and releases that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And I think right now, journaling is such a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, on my podcast, Living Fully Live podcast, two episodes ago, I had my one of my dear friends, Allie Fallon on. And she talked about the power of writing, especially right now. Um, so go check out that episode. Yeah, yeah, I'll link up to that. And, um, but what's amazing is that this is such a cathartic tool that's free. Mm. Anybody can do it. And I think that's important right now is, is the free tools. And so I think that you're dead on. I mm. mean, you get to the end and you're like, oh, okay. So let me give you, I'm, I'm going to be so honest here. I'm going to give you an example of what, what, 
this would look like in practice. So when Mary and I first started working together, my stepdaughter still lived at home and we'd, me and my husband had been together a few years, but as you could imagine with teenage stepdaughter and you're the stepmom, there's, there's going to be a few issues there. And <laughs> so there were times where she would do something that I wouldn't find okay. And I would be angry at my husband because he hadn't dealt with it in the way that I would have liked him to, which meant that we would have had an argument. So not only am I angry at her and I'm angry at him. And so I would sit there and I'd write it all out and I'd be like, I'm really angry. I can't believe she did this. And I can't believe he didn't stand up for me. And I can't believe he didn't think this was okay. And then I finished and then I would pause and then I'd go, what if I came from love? And I would think, my poor husband, my poor husband is stuck right in the middle right now. He is trying to do the best for his daughter and he's trying to do the best for me. And I'm having a go at him. His daughter's having a go at him. And he right now is lost on how to deal with this. You know, my poor daughter, my poor stepdaughter, this is new. She's got this new woman in her world that is telling her she likes it in a certain way. And that's not the way she used to do it. And again, like even saying it now, my heart, can feel that my heart can go oh you poor poor people you know and almost taking me out the equation and looking at it from a love point of view it just literally went boof there you go that's over done now thanks you know and don't get me wrong probably the next day I was having to do it again (laughs) yeah totally but the point was at that point I was like oh that feels so much better now. So, mm. so yeah, the journaling thing for me is huge. So Mary, before you go, anything else that you think we should be thinking about and concentrating on now to help us through and maybe motivate us a bit, maybe just do what we need to do right now? I think one of the things we sort of mentioned already, but is just giving ourselves permission to rest. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we can't say that enough. Like, really nurturing. Like I I love the idea of nurturing oneself. And that starts with the question of asking ourselves, pausing and saying, what do I need? And I think that I instruct people to do this all the time, but I think right now we need to do this every single day and it might shift every single day. What do I need? And you might need to do this several times a day. If you find yourself feeling kind of thin, thin ice. So you're about to lose it. You're kind of emotionally fragile. Um, If you're feeling like I just can't do what I typically can do, pause, check in. What do I need? Do you need to eat? Do you need to hydrate? Do you need to go on a walk? Do you need to stretch? Do you need to phone a friend? Are you feeling lonely? Do you need to uh, journal something out, book a therapy appointment, be done for the day, have a glass of wine, take a bath, whatever it might be. What do I need? That to me is such a powerful question right now. Do you need help? Do you need somebody to teach you how to do something that you're frustrated with? What do I need? And then honor that answer. Whatever comes to you, even if it feels ridiculous or silly, this is our, um, I think one of the things that we're collectively learning is how to receive help right now. Most of us are pretty self-sufficient and used to figuring it out. And right now, all of us are going to need help that we didn't need before. And this is where honoring the internal request comes from of doing what it is that yourself is asking for, making the call, stopping and turning off your computer and going and having lunch or getting off the the couch and going to your bed to take a nap, you know, whatever it might be honoring that. So what do I need? And then respecting and honoring the answer and doing it. I love that. I love that. And then having no judgment at the end. If that's what I need right now, that's what I need. And that 
normally is is perfectly fine right now that is so fine because of everything so Mary as always you are just a joy in my world and so wise I just want you all to know that Mary's actually younger than me and yet when I talk to Mary it's like (laughs) it's like she's this wise Buddha woman who just is just amazing 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 soul baby you have you have like you were you've been on this earth for a really long time yeah <laughs> so you've been there done that seen it you're telling me yeah. <laughs> she's exhausted man she's exhausted mary thank you so so much i love you dearly and i hope everyone's enjoyed this and i want you all to take us in and let us know what you think thank you so much mary thank you for having me this is awesome oh man honestly i love her so much i am so so lucky to well that the universe or something decided that Mary and I should meet and be best mates. So I really hope that's helped. I really hope you've enjoyed that episode. For me, Mary just has a really good take on things and a very wise way of thinking about things and helps me see things in a different light. And I could not be more grateful for that. So if you did enjoy this episode, then I really do urge you to go onto social media, tag me, tag Mary, screenshot the podcast or whatever you've been watching and listening on uh watching you don't watch this you listen to it anyway whatever you've been listening on and please do come and tag us in because I'd love to know that you enjoyed this episode anyway back next week with some more practical stuff in terms of driving your business forward I think we might be looking at doing some stuff online actually and how you can take maybe your offline business online so anyway I will see you next week try and have an amazing week until then I will speak to you soon Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWearing.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.